And not one person will walk out of here the same way that they came in. As we spend this day in celebration and thanksgiving, Father, for your grace over these last 21 days, the goal here is to finish strong today. We give you all the glory for helping us to do that. In Jesus' name, and everyone that agrees with that prayer, shout it. Amen. Amen. Just love on someone today. Tell them, God bless you. So good to see you. Then you can be seated. Praise God. It will never lose its power. The blood. Praise God. We won't be up here before you long today. Uh, if God has done something for you, I want you to start thinking about it. If it happened over these last 21 days, you have a powerful testimony or a testimony that you believe will bless other people. Start thinking about it because there may be a window in the service to allow you to come up and share. Today, we're going to talk about the focus is Thanksgiving and celebration today. And so really just two points. The first point is offering Thanksgiving. Second point is we're going to look at some examples of Thanksgiving. And then we have things that we'll say up underneath each one of those. And so uh, always a, a pleasure to minister with my wife. She is just a blessing. Thank God for her. Man, I really do. Just appreciate her. Just in the little things, you know, the fast will end today. And she was like, what do you think you want to eat? And I said, man, I would love to have some sides. And what does she do? Sides, greens, uh, all sides. Because, you know, I can't put meat. I mean, you don't want to shock your system. You got to work stuff back in there slowly. So I was telling her, I'd love to have a plate of sides. Well, what does she do? Just go right to the grocery store. She's sitting down cleaning the greens. and Just special. What's the, my subject today? What's my subject? Thanksgiving. That's right. Thanksgiving. You'll notice here, being thankful is emphasized every time we pray. And I want to use three texts here because we know God establishes things in threes, okay? So if you will, go with me to Ephesians chapter 5, and we're going to read verses 17 through 20. Being thankful is emphasized every time we pray. Ephesians chapter 5 says, therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And so don't be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Well, what is the will of the Lord? To not be drunk with wine. That's a good place to say amen. amen. Right? He says, and do not be drunk with wine in which is access. I'm reading out of the New King James Version. It says, but be filled with the Spirit. Greek there literally means be being filled. And so there's one initial filling when you get filled with the Holy Spirit. But how do you know there are many refillings, right? And if you look at the analogy that he uses here, now all of us haven't been saved all of our lives. And so typically, one drink didn't do it for you. You've been saved all your life, right? right? Come on, help me out, right? Typically, one drink didn't do it for you, right or wrong. You could tell it didn't do anything for you because you were still acting the same. You all going to make us work hard today, right? And so what you do is go back and say, give me a refill, right? And you keep getting refills until you no longer acted like yourself anymore. 
You notice when you were drunk, you didn't care what other people thought about you. It's amazing how we get saved and we get sanctified. <laughs> Set apart. But boy, when we weren't saved, we cut up. I'm going somewhere you, with you this You know today. how that was for those of us that had a life B.C. before Christ. You know, when you got drunk, you became more loud. You became more courageous. You became more bold. All of a sudden, you was just wise behind your... How many of you have an uncle that when he get drunk, he all of a sudden want to teach you the lessons of life? Can tell the truth when you're drunk. Couldn't tell him you love him you before you were drunk. You tell the unedited version of the truth. Yeah. Some folks, no one in here, but some folks even got freakier when they were drunk. She said that in church. In other words, there were no limits on your behavior when you got drunk. Same thing in praying in the Spirit. When you are filled with the Spirit of God, you are now taking in His presence with you. Yeah. And with that, there is no limits with God. It could just be you and Jesus, and you are the majority. Yeah. And victory, grace, answers to prayers are all of a sudden abundant. Yes. And very accessible when you're filled with his spirit. Yeah, excellent. So he says here, speaking, what does that look like? Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Verse 20. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. Notice giving thanks in all things is important to God. All right? And so part of being filled with the Spirit, how do you know someone is Spirit-filled? They're thankful. They don't have a bad attitude. They don't have a bad disposition. They wake up happy. They wake up looking forward to what the day might hold for them, right? Because they are filled with the Spirit. Go with me to Colossians chapter 4. Let's look at verse 2. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. Again, I'm reading out of the King James, New King James Version. It says, continue earnestly in prayer, see, from your heart, sincerely, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. So notice we're to be earnest in our prayers, but vigilant, another word for vigilant, is diligent in our thanksgiving. So if you really look at this, a prayer is not fully complete until you put thanksgiving on the back end of it. Go with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I'll show it to you another way. And I've grown in my prayer life in this area. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, let's look at verses 16 through 18. And we're going to see how full of the Spirit you all are this morning. Verse 16 says, rejoice always. Well, always means all the time. And so every time you get an opportunity, when you're drunk, you don't mind expressing it. You know, you could get me to do things when I was drunk that you couldn't get me to do when I wasn't drunk. Example of that is, you know, I would never sweat when I dance, when I wasn't drunk. You're just cool. You just... That's about all you're going to get out of me. I don't care how fast the song moving, that's it. 
But boy, get some liquid in your system, and all of a sudden you got moves. You know what I mean? All of a sudden you got moves. You understand? Did I just do that? Stretch your hands up here to it. Did I just do that? All right. So notice, when you're full, you get an opportunity to rejoice. You can't wait to express that when you're full. You know, a lot of times when we're praying, we're usually praying out of our lack. Mm. We're praying for damages. Mm. We're praying for restoration. We're praying for provision. We're praying for things that we are in need of or want to see. And although that's good and all, once you've prayed that, your prayer is not, you're not in faith to expect until you've entered into thanksgiving. Mm. We were talking earlier about how after a while, when you really get a revelation of the power of your praise and thanksgiving, after a while, when you're in the presence of God and you understand exactly what that prayer is about, because he already told us that he knows what we have need of before we ask. Right. But what it does is it causes us, when we, when we not kneel down and when we're in this season of corporate fast, we have this attitude or we start thinking about understanding now you enter into his presence with praise. You enter into his course with thanksgiving. And it puts you in the mindset of, I do have things that I can be thankful for. Yeah. If you understand that he inhabits the praises of his people, when you start thinking about, wow, I have breath in my body. I have a sound mind. For most of us, I have a job to go to. I might not be making all that I want, but I am able to survive on what I have. And it causes us to remember just how good God has been in spite of that need, in spite of that lack, and in spite of that hurt or pain. That's good. That's good. David said it like this. He says, I will praise the Lord continually in Psalms chapter 34. His praise will continually be on my lips. Yeah. In other words, he walked. When you receive the revelation and the understanding, when Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's right there when you're hurting. That's right. He's right there when you're in pain. That's Guess right. what? He's right there when you're praying. That's right. But see, the access now comes in your thanksgiving. Yeah. Because you're sort of in this place of expectation, and you're constantly mindful that I am with him, and he is with me. And rejoicing is a form of thanksgiving. Rejoicing is a form of thanksgiving. How many of y'all prayed before you came to church today? Let me see how full you are. Verse 16 says... Rejoice always. Yes. Yeah. Out, of your, out of your belly will flow. It'll come from the inside and just flow out if there's something there. I mean, it's just like you get an opportunity. It's like glory. Rejoice always. Then he says here, pray without ceasing. He's not talking about praying 24 hours a day. He's saying every time you pray, do it undistracted. So in other words, be focused during your prayer. Then he said, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And this right here, folks, is really what I like to call the cycle of life. Because if you're rejoicing all the time, there's a reason. That's because you've been praying all the time. And if you're thankful all the time, it's because you've been seeing the answers to your prayers. And I believe every believer should wake up with that disposition there. You can tell when people have spent no time with God because there's a negative energy that you, that you get from them. Soon as you get in their presence, they suck the life right out of you because there's a negative energy that they bring 
with them. It has nothing to do with you. It's basically who they are, and they want to try to project that on you. When David was a little different, David said, this is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. This is a day of opportunity. How I many know something big can happen today? Something big has happened today because I woke up. And the fact that I woke up, I have opportunities. And the fact that I have opportunities means I might walk in to what I've been believing God for, thanking God for, giving God glory for. But if I don't at least wake up rejoicing and thankful, folks, I gave myself a disadvantage that day. And your thankfulness is an indication of your faith. Your thankfulness is an indication of your faith. Now, I have to say, I'm, I'm guilty of this, but how many of you have prayed something and said and resolved at the end of it? And you might have even thanked God. Thank you, Father, for the answer in Jesus' name. You put the Jesus' name and everything on there. And then your attitude was, now let's see what happens. Amen. If this don't happen by then, then... That's good. Am I the only one that, that's done that? You give God a deadline. And then you want to ask the question, was that faith, foolishness, or presumption? Was that my flesh, the devil? Amen, somebody. Well, when you are in an attitude of thankfulness, that means you constantly have your neck stuck out in expectation. You are constantly looking, even in the small things, for signposts of God manifesting himself in the answer. What's that old saying? He may not come when you want him, always but he always time. comes on time. Yeah. Understanding that as you are in this period of expectation with thankfulness now, you understand that this here downward position that I may be in is but for a season. That's all. That's all. It's but for a season. In other words, this thing is going to expire. That's right. It and when it deadline. does, God's going to be glorified in yeah, it. Yeah, it has a day. And oftentimes, the greater the prayer, the greater your expectation. Yeah. Therefore, the greater your praise and the greater your thanksgiving. Yeah. Some of y'all can't afford to get dressed in the morning without putting a smile of thanksgiving on your face. It's excellent. It's also the, the antidote to worry and depression. That's right. So many people are worried and depressed today. You know why? They don't really believe what they pray. Go to Philippians chapter 4. How do you know? You worrying about, am I going to keep my job? The economy. Folks, people who are in God, all that stuff don't mean nothing. We prosper in a down economy, up economy, middle economy. Come on, somebody. I wish I had some faith in this room today. Come on, you take a job from me, God will give me 25 more opportunities for a job. Come on, I might have time to be worrying about nothing when you know God is on your side. Philippians chapter 4, look what he said. Be anxious for nothing. So in other words, don't worry about nothing. What's left after nothing? Nothing. It's nothing to worry about. Stop it. Stop it. God's taking care of you this far, hasn't he? Then why won't he continue to take care of you? Watch this. Regardless of what other people do, God is still good. 
right? He says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, what's left after everything? Nothing. By prayer and supplication, with what? So in other words, the prayer is not complete if I don't put thanksgiving with it. Let me tell you something I've learned. Can I just be transparent? When I first started praying, actually, I, this is really recently here where I got a full revelation of this. I would drop my prayers. You all understand what I mean when I say drop my prayers? I spend my time in prayer and then drop the prayer. So in other words, all I did was pray. No thanksgiving. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? Just pray. Then I start growing in my revelation of it, and I start, you know, thank you, Father, for everything that I prayed. Real generic like that. You know, no real heartfelt faith. And then as I continue to grow, I start realizing that it should be about 50-50. I should spend about 50% of my time praying and 50% of my time Thanksgiving. But then watch this. Then I got a revelation of the grace message and realized that I already have all of it. So now I spend the majority of my time just thanking God for what I already have. Oh, uh, y'all don't want, y'all ain't ready for this. And I've grown, it's called a progressive revelation. So I've grown in my revelation of thanksgiving. Watch, go ahead, go. No, you got something. I got it. Let me finish this. Then you, then you jump right in. Watch this. I'm going to show you something here. Let your request be made known unto God. So it's not a real solid request if it didn't have thanksgiving in there. I didn't finish my request. So now watch this. Worry, anxiety, depression, and the peace of God. So then obviously these are connected. I don't have peace because I'm not praying. And I'm definitely not giving thanksgiving, right? Because this is a peace which will surpass all understanding, which means I could have just lost my job and still got the peace of God all over me. I could have just received some bad news and still had a peace of God all over me. Where everyone else thinks I should be cracking up, but I'm really breaking out. And it'll be a peace that'll really guard your heart and your mind. That when you should be going south, you're literally going up. Because you know you prayed about it. You know you thank God. And you know grace has already provided it for you. So you See, don't worry. here's a little factual nugget for you. Diagnoses and prescriptions for depression is highest among people between the ages of 18 and 40 is highest among the ages underneath 40. And the article that I was reading was stating that the, one of the reasons why is because we're now in a generation of millennials where the parents stepped in to make everything right and fix everything. Mm. So we're used to success coming pretty easy. So the discipline of recovery the discipline of Thanksgiving, we tend to live that in a place where this is just how it's supposed to be. So when things don't quite go our way, when mama and daddy not there to fix it, when mama and daddy not going into the boss to tell the boss, you wrong, my child is right. Now we relapse into thinking that something's wrong with us. So depression is constantly knocking at people's door. Mm -hmm. 
Anxiety is constantly knocking at people's door. And if we don't check it, if we don't recognize it for what it is, it's based in fear. And I hold true to the acronym that fear is nothing but false evidence appearing real. That's all fear is, folks. And if you're going to live a successful life, there's a, there's a time and a place where you got to jump past fear. And the only way you're going to do that with a positive attitude and not allowing depression to take hold of you, not allowing anxiety to take hold of you, is to have this attitude of gratitude. Yeah. Understand that every breath you take, God orchestrated this entire earth to produce enough oxygen so that you and your sisters and brothers could take in oxygen. Yeah. And God is so sweet about it that we exhale carbon dioxide by which we can fuel the plants and the, and the other organisms that fuel us. God designed it so that you can just be thankful for just being able to breathe. Yeah. Just being thankful that you woke up in a, with a sound mind. Mm. If you're in this place, you have clothes on your back. You have something to be thankful for. Mm. For most of us, we have some place to work at come Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Even, even if it's not everything you want, you have something. Yeah. There is something for which you can be thankful. Yeah. And when you get that, then now you allow God to really show you. Because everything is already in the earth, but to show you how to get where you got to go. Yeah. Now you access that crown of favor that you have. Yeah. You had it all along. But God, when you, when you understand and you receive God's company with you by his thanksgiving, by your attitude of gratitude, by your thanksgiving, he's now able to download to you the wisdom you need, download you to you the script you need to say, download to you the favor, download to you the instructions and the guides to which who, who you're supposed to go to. There's people waiting for you, making you very aware. That's people waiting to be a blessing to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I just heard something, babe, while you were ministering. Let me see how close you all are following. That was a great illustration about breath which is probably why David said, let everything that has breath. Can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. Now, I'm going to give you some revelation. You'll notice the degree of manifestation in your life to the degree of thanksgiving in your life. Pay attention to it. Watch it. Watch you know, and a lot of people get, I'm sorry, babe, would I touch no, you? You're good. You're good. You never can cut me off. Just that time. Oh, but, but I say, you say that now. <laughs> remember, with, remember that's, on, that's on SoundCloud. No, I'm just kidding. No, but Psalm 63 says it like this. My soul, my will, my emotions, my thoughts, my intentions will be satisfied as marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. When we focus on what's good, when we celebrate what's right, yeah. when we think on what's, what has a good report, if there be love, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, he says, think on the, these things. So Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 8, I like to take it right there because that's an entire prescription for living a thankful life. Yeah. Because when you do ch verse 6, you get verse 7. But you do verse 8 to keep verse 7. That's good. Y'all get me? Yeah. With thanksgiving, with prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving, make your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds. Furthermore, brethren, if, there's, if, if, if whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things, whatever it is, that's how you keep that peace of God. That's In other good. words, you got to stay focused on what's good. Yeah. And all depression is, all that anxiety is, is you're focusing on what's wrong. 
you're focusing on what's big. But of course, if you keep looking at what's wrong, you keep looking at what's big, it gets bigger. That's right. Because you're moving it closer to you, and the closer it gets to you, the bigger it becomes. Yeah. Nothing is bigger than your God, though. That's right. That's right. Negativity only has the power that you give it. That's right. If you're constantly repeating what's wrong, constantly repeating, you know, that's a lot, a lot of times people pray, God, take this from me. God, this is what's wrong. God, this is what's wrong. God, this. And there seems to be never be an answer. Focused on what's wrong. Focused on what's wrong. God's like, I already gave you the answer. I don't know what else. You, what else? What? What? It's good. See, I made you trip just staring at you. Listen. I want you all to listen because I'm going to prove this to you later on. You'll see a correlation between the level of manifestation you have in your life and your level of thanksgiving. And I'm going to show it to you in the word of God. It's already provided. Your faith, actually, if it believes it, then it thanks God for it in advance. And, and it does that consistently. All right, let's look at some examples of offering Thanksgiving. Go with me to John chapter 6. Okay, Jesus is the ultimate example, right? So I want to show you all something here. Let me give you a synopsis, and then we'll pick the story up at verse 10. Jesus just finished healing all of these people, and he jumps on a boat, gets over on the Sea of Galilee, also referred to as the Sea of Tiberias. And he goes over on the other side, but then he looks back, and he sees this multitude of people following him. And so I want to teach you something. I want to show you something here. And so he says, we need to feed these people. And so he goes to Peter, and he says, Peter, go into the village and buy them food. Peter begins to talk to God about his insufficiency. See, and if all you're focused on is your insufficiency, you miss out on his sufficiency. Amen. See, so you don't go to God, I don't have enough money to pay the bills, God. Can you help me? That's called doubt and unbelief. You go to God, God, you own the cattle on a thousand hills. And these bills are nothing to you, Father. So I thank you in advance that creatively you will provide for me a means to pay every single bill that I'm faced with right here. It's a complete different approach to God. So Peter goes to God with his insufficiency. Jesus, right? God manifested in the flesh. And he says to him that these 200 pennies cannot buy enough bread for all these people, right? And how many times have we done that? How many times have we talked to God about our insufficiency? Come on, folks, help me out. How many times have we done that? God, you know what I need. Of course he knows what you need. But that's not the way you go to him. So Peter does that, and it's interesting here that Jesus' response was, he said that he was testing him because Jesus already knew what he was going to do. Well, we know God doesn't tempt us with sin. But see, the biggest thing you're going to have to uproot is your doubt and unbelief. He was showing Peter, you really don't believe what you say you believe. And isn't that a good picture of people? We say it, but do we really believe it? Well, how do we know when it's time to put some skin in the game? All right, let's keep going with that same dissertation. Simon Andrew, Peter's brother. He comes along, right? And Jesus said to him, same, pretty much same uh, analogy there. His response was, there's a young lad here. Watch this. He has five loaves and two fishes. Watch this. But that's not sufficient to feed all these people. 
once again talking to God about their insufficiency. So how many know you're going to stay right there? You're not moving beyond that. And you may end up going backwards. Sure is quiet in this Presbyterian church today. You all still here? Hello. All right. And so now let's pick the story up in verse 10. It's going deep. It's just going deep. It's going on in. All right. And so let's pick the story up in verse 10. So then he's got to tell him, okay. See, this will show you that you can be with God but still don't believe God. just ritual it's just routine I'm just going to church Amen. having a relationship is something completely different Amen. Amen. so watch what he says here in verse 10 Christ uh, here then Jesus said okay make the people sit down now there was much grass in the place so the men sat down in number about 5,000 and Jesus took the loaves the insufficiency and when he had given thanks, it's a revelation yes. in here for you. See, when you learn how to be thankful at least for what you have, yes. then God can take what you have and multiply it into more. Come on, you need to thank God for the car you drive right now. Come on, you need to thank God for the house you live in right now. Come on, for the apartment that you live in right now, for the job that you have right now. It might not be perfect, but it's a job, and it provides for you and your family. So instead of complaining about it, talking about it, what it should be and what it's not, why not be thankful for what it is so that God can give you more? Oh, I'm preaching better than you all saying amen in here. That even dips into your relationships when you're thankful for your spouse. That's good. When you're thankful for what he is or what, what she is, uh-huh. then it's easier now and there you'll start to see a turn for what you have desired. Mm. If we learn to celebrate our spouse based off of what they are doing right, yeah. instead of just exponentially complaining about what they're not, then you start seeing a change in their attitude. Yeah. Now they want to be more pleasing. Now they want to be more compliant. Yeah. Now they want to listen to you talk yeah. all day long. Yeah. I'm going to leave that one alone, but you know I can say something right there. Because, boy, we about three or four days into the fast, and you've blessed me so good. I'm telling you, I, I can talk to you the rest of the year. And I'll just, I just leave that between me and you right there, boy. But let me tell you, I got a good wife. That's all I can tell you all. Good wife. But when we celebrate and when we are thankful for what we have, even in our relationships, yeah. you might work for a tyrant, but you know what? You work. And just get being, I just talked to somebody a, a, a few days ago, and she was telling me how evil this woman, her boss, was. And she said, but you know what? God told me to, t- God told me to just calm down, do my job with excellence, yeah. and always keep a smile on my face. Don't do. let her see how much her do. evilness provokes and irritates me. That's so good. she said she went in, it was a Wednesday, and she said her attitude had completely changed. Guess what? Do. This same woman did a, th- a t- 180. She's the one who's 
recommending her for higher paid positions. She's the one that's endorsing her for management positions. She's the one that's training her and giving her the inside information. Why? Because her attitude had changed and she decided to be thankful for what she did have and not concentrate on how even how mean her boss was. That's good. All right. So, so stay with me now because you're going to see a correlation here between your life, life either progressing or going backwards. And you're going to blame people. The people that are going backwards, you're going to blame people and say somebody else did something to you. But it's your disposition that did that to you. And you're never going to learn because people are your problem. And how many of you know that's real shallow when you think people are your problem? People are not your problem. We don't fight against flesh and blood. Oh, I'm preaching. Come on, somebody. I believe a lot of revelation going in in here. All right, watch this. So he takes the insufficiency and he gives thanks for it. Come on, can we just take a moment not to ask God for more? Can we just take a moment to thank God for what we have? Come on, Father, I thank you for the West End. Not the new building. I thank you for West End, Father. I thank you for the Wiley building office space. Not a new building. I thank you for that. Father, I thank you for the Marietta Performing Arts Center place to have a 9 a.m. service. Not the new building. Thank you for giving us that one, God. Come on, I don't hear you out there. Just thank God for what you have. Not be sad about what you don't have. This example just came to me. There was one time we were at a, I can't, can't remember where we were, but the, the mother was just, the parents were just complaining because their son had dyed their hair blonde. You know what they're doing these days, they're dying the top of their hair blonde. I, I'd have a problem with that, too. I understand that, parent. But anyway, keep going. But, <laughs> well, anyway, but the boy was a good boy. He excelled in his sport. He went to church and was faithful in serving in his church. He was uh, in high school. He was 15, 16 years old. You remember that conversation? Mm -hmm. And my husband said to her, he said, she, he said, if all you got to complain about with this boy is the fact that he dyed his hair blonde, right. you need to change what you're looking at. That's right. And she said, you know what? I sure do because he is a good boy. That's Never right. gave me an ounce of trouble right. all the days of his life. That's right. That's good. It's a nugget for somebody. That's good. All right, now watch this. So he had given thanks. He distributed to the disciples. It's interesting that he gave it to the people who didn't believe it was enough. <laughs> gave it to them first to demonstrate who he was. And then they distributed to the people. Watch this. Show you the character of God here. And they took the loaves when they had given thanks, distributed to the disciples, disciples to those sitting down, and likewise of the fish. Watch this. As much as they wanted. That's the character of God, folks. When you start allowing yourself to be thankful for what you have, he'll give you as much as you want. You know why? Because he knows you appreciate it. It's good stuff. God is the type of God that just doesn't give you what you need. He'll give you what you want. That exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think type of God. That's who he is. Now you tapped into the all-breasted one, El Shaddai. That's right. Now you're accessing the one that spoke to Solomon when he said, what else can I do for you, baby yeah. boy? And if that wasn't enough, I would have gave you more to David. He said that to David. Exactly. All right. You all clear? You all see that God, God just didn't feed them to stop their hunger pains. He gave them more than what they wanted. Okay, let's keep reading here. So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, now gather up the fragments that remain 
so that nothing is lost. Therefore, they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which were left over by those who had eaten them. Folks, I don't know how to explain this to you, but there have been times when I could not see my way out. And I don't know how I ended up paying every bill that month. Come on, had food left over? Come on, somebody. I look back and I still don't know how it happened. But somehow God took the little bit that I had and stretched it so that it covered everything that needed to be covered. Now I've learned over the course of life, the more thankful I am, the more stuff he releases in my life. Let's look at one more. Matter of fact, we're just going to close right here because there's some other things I want to get in. There are other examples we could use, but I want to close right here in Psalms number 67. I want to show you all something here. Uh, And again, as I progress, I'm doing a complete study on the subject of grace this entire year in my personal life. And as I get a continued progressive revelation of that, I'm learning just more and more that really, folks, everything that you will ever need, listen to me, is already in the earth. Everything. It's not coming into the earth. It's not on the way. It's not sending on down, Lord. Everything that you will ever need is already in the earth, listen to me, right now. That's spouse, that's jobs, that's careers, that's resources, that's debt freedom. Everything that you will ever need is already in this earth, but there's a master key that releases it. Okay? See how close you all are following today. There's a master key that releases this. Psalm 67 verse 5 says, let the people praise you. Some of y'all believe in God for some big things and you ought to be on your feet. Some of you want some answers now. You ought to be on your feet. You should rejoice for the goodness of God, for his manifestation, for his answers, for his deliverance, for his healing. You ought to rejoice by faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. It's a master key. Sit down, sit down. Listen to me. Say it again. It's a master key. We just spent 21 days with God. It's a progressive revelation for me. Listen, folks, before anything ever happened to us, this building was already ready. And God had already prepared Pastor Preston's heart for me to show up. So when I walked in, God simply confirmed to him that this is the young man I want you to help. Listen, folks, they started building the Marietta Performing Arts Center three years ago in preparation for us coming. Y'all ain't, see. Y'all ain't. Listen to me. There was a church that went into the Wiley office space that we have and set it up for us and then moved out so that it would be there when we needed it so that we could walk right into it. You don't understand what I'm saying. 
There's an empty building out there right now, folks, with our name already on it. I've already designed the building. I've already put linked up on the front of the building. Come on, somebody. I've already gutted the building on the inside. And folks, it's sitting there just waiting on us to come and get it. None of what happened to us caught God off guard. God already had prevision, which means he has provision, and everything that we needed was already there. But there's a master key. Had I had a bad attitude, disposition, talking about people, ungrateful, hello somebody, had I had any of that, it would have took me out the game. God didn't take me out. My mouth took me out. It's a master key here. All right, look what he said here. Oh, God, let the people praise you. Stay with me now. Stay with me. Because, see, at some point, you're going to have to raise your level of thanksgiving. If you're down here with a small challenge, stay down there. But, boy, when you got a big challenge, you need to praise God like God is bigger than your situation. Let me tell you, and, and it don't look like this right here. No, man. It, it looks like glory. Hallelujah. That's what it looks like when you've got a big problem. When you've got a big problem, you raise your level of praise and thanksgiving yes. to the level of your problem. Watch this now, and I'm done, and I'm done. Listen to this. Then, then and only then, the earth shall yield her increase. Yes. Then he goes on to say, God, our own God. He shall bless us. Mm -hmm. God shall bless us and all the ends of the earth shall fear him. Which means, which means the increase that's in the earth that he releases to you, it's going to cause people who are watching you to fear him and respect him because of how well he took care of you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, at the end of this fast, we've been praying for 21 days. Come on, let's open up our mouths. Let's give God glory in this place. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! God, you are a big God. You're bigger than any building that we need, bigger than any debt that we have, bigger than any challenges in our marriage. God, you are megas. You are bigger. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! 
Come on, I feel like giving the devil a black eye in this place today. Hallelujah. Come on, he said you weren't going to make it. Not only have you made it, you're going over the top, glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every time the devil says no, God has a bigger yes. But notice, the earth does not yield its increase until the people praise it. I understand that as a parent, trust me. And I'm not God. But anytime I do something for my children, if they say, thank you, Daddy, I appreciate all that you've done for me, I'm already thinking about what can I do for them next. But if they show me any form of ungratefulness, even if it's something little I've done for them, if they show any level of ungratefulness, I withdraw myself. I don't withdraw my love, but my resources. Doesn't mean I love them any less. You all understand? But it's something about being thankful and praising God that this earth has to let go of what rightfully belongs to you. That's right. This reminds me of when we lived on the west side of town, I would often climb Kennesaw Mountain to exercise. Mm -hmm. And I would go up the trail side, and during a certain time of the year, during a certain season, late spring, as I'm going up the trail, you know, there's nothing but barbs, weeds, and and bushes, and, and, and some trees around, but I would start smelling something. It was a sweet, sweet fragrance. It was the honeysuckle. I would start smelling that honeysuckle, and it would instantly make me aware and alert, and I'm starting to look for this bush. And then I would, on purpose, go an alternative route to see where is this bush so I can identify how far was the source from the smell. Well, when you offer up the sacrifice of praise, saints, when you offer it up, he says that it's as a sweet-smelling fragrance that comes before his nostrils. And he's just like I was. He starts looking for his baby girl. He starts looking for his baby boy. And he starts saying, how can I bless you? Yeah. I smell your sacrifice yeah. of praise. Yeah. I smell your thanksgiving. Yeah. I smell your understanding. Yeah. I smell your yeah. prayer. I smell yeah. your rejoicing. I Glory. smell your praise. And I'm looking for you. I'm looking for you. I'm not going to stop till I find you. I'll detour. I'll get you your answer. I'll get you your deliverance. I'll get you your resources. I'll get you your peace. I'll get you your healing. That's the power of our God. Glory. Come on. Why are you praising God like that? I'm expecting God for some big, big, gigantic, humongous thing. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 And understand, I want you to understand something, saints. This 21 days of fasting and prayer, this is not an end all. The power of this season was corporate. The power of this season was unification. Understand that you all were praying in the spirit in some cases, and you were praying out mysteries that had nothing to do with you. When you come together as a body, you make resources by the spirit available to those that are looking at you. And God says that I am glorified. Yeah. When I'm lifted up, 
I'm glorified when my light is represented in the earth. Yeah. So understand, just as Jesus, what was interesting about John 6 is that Jesus, he took the fish, the faith of a lad, this little boy who said, you know what, I trust this God that you're talking about. So, because um, mind you, they were traveling for two or three days. That's right. So if you're a little boy and you're hungry, you're trying to hang on to your fish and your bread because you know you're going to need it. Right. If you're my son, he's going to hang on to it. <laughs> but the little boy, the faith of a child, says, here you go, Simon Andrew. Here you go, Andrew, and give it to Jesus. And he gave it to God. Just as you give your resources to God, just as you give your praises to God, just as you give your thanksgiving to God. And it said that God gave it to the disciples. God didn't give it to the people that were sitting down. God gave it to the disciples. And so sometimes, saint, you got to know and understand that God is downloading instructions to you. To, and all you are is an instrument of distribution to somebody else. All you are is a vessel of good use. All you are is a funnel by which God can get some answers. God can get some resources. God can get some love and deliverance to another individual. So this time of unification and of prayer and of, of corporate uh, spiritual coming together was just a time to just build up and, and bank some power. Yeah. You're going to continue in your prayers. You're going to continue in your own fasting schedule as you should. That's right. But what makes this time powerful is the power that comes when we come together and we're able to impact all those that are watching. Yeah. Come on, let's all stand to our feet. Come on, let's thank God for his grace during this season of prayer in our lives. Come on, lift up your hands. Open up your mouth. Thank God for his grace. Come on, thank God for increase in your life, increase in your marriage, increase in your family, increase on the inside of you spiritually. That's the greatest place that you will ever need increase is on the inside of you. Glory to God. Come on, go ahead and bless God right now. Bless him with the fruit of your lips right now. God, I couldn't have got through this without your help. Thank you for your grace, your impartation, and supernatural strength, Father. Thank you for the grace to not break one ounce of what I committed to you, Father. Could not have done that without your help, Father. I didn't do it because I want something from you. I did it because I love you, God, and I want to grow spiritually. That is my prime motivation, Father, is not to get stuff from you, but to grow in you, Father. And that happened in my life. Thank you for it, Father. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. If you would, just look up here at me for a moment. If you're in this building today, I want to offer you the greatest invitation ever known to man. And that is to become a part of the family of God. Not asking you at this moment to join the church because that's secondary. Being a part of the family of God is primary. So if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life by confessing with